We are the Knights of Awakening, and this is one of our video reviews. I've got with me Justin, I've got with me Allie, and I am Charles, your host for this one. Our video review for the day is Women of the Occult. It can be found on Amazon Prime. If you have Prime, you get to watch it for free. It is part of the series of The Secret Lives of Women, which I didn't even realize that until I watched it, because I've watched it three times now. So my notes are very haphazard on this. So before we get started, let's get the premise of what this is. This is a, a look at three women who are in the occult or in the mystical community in some way. And I say in the cult, in the occult or the mystical community, but to understand what that is, that just means they're practicing some form of witchcraft, magic, or mysticism. It does not necessarily mean they are in a cult, although that word does get mentioned a couple times later. First impressions, starting this thing up, what did you guys think when you first fired it up? Yeah. Look, I'm not going to have much to say on this video. There's a reason I didn't take notes. It wasn't interesting enough for me to find notes for. It, I felt that it was presented well for what it was supposed to be depicting and telling about. And I'm sure that probably the other shows do a respectful look at what these people do. So I, it's going to be really difficult for me to say anything. Hopefully I can just feed off y'all like a, no, like that's a conversation good. vampire. Um, specifically conversation <laughs> vampires. Speaking, speaking of vampires, I did not remember since it has the 18 or over warning plastered twice on the front. I didn't remember to inform alley of this. This has adult material in it, some scenes of BDSM that might take you by surprise. If you have young children, this is not the movie to watch them with. Exactly. Make sure they're in the other room. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about it because I don't have kids, and I was kind of raised that if it was on TV, I was allowed to see it, but I was given an explanation. My kid is nine. And he is nine, and he's not raised in the way that I was raised, nope. uh, which is that's not a judgment. That's just a statement. So I didn't even think to give the warning. I figured once she's seen the age 18, I get, I get a really awesome text back. It's like, you didn't warn me. <laughs> no, the two, big, the two big text warnings before any of that was shown wasn't enough, apparently. <laughs> I, you got to make specific, I guess. But that's, that's cool. I, I wanted to hit on that, though, before we get any further, because we're going to be discussing some of the BDSMery. Uh, I was expecting it to be something different. I, I was expecting it to be a more factual account of what these women do, what they exactly they believe in, and it didn't turn out that way for the most part. So I didn't get what I expected, but I was hopeful that they would be respectful to these folks and let them tell their stories in a real way. I think they did that. It's yeah, definitely I, better than a certain movie that we know somebody on this team right. has been on, and we're not going to mention it because it was that bad. <laughs> he didn't make it bad. But he doesn't want affiliation with it. Oh, no, no. I'll own it. I'll own it. She's, talk, she's talking about American Jet. I was actually going to make a joke about it. I was going to start this out with, I couldn't bring this up for a review because you guys told me it was, uh, I wasn't allowed to bring things up that were that poorly represented in that mis misrepresentation of the facts. No, definitely. You know, don't go check that movie out is my advice. But if you do, realize that there was so much slicing up of things in it that a lot of things got misrepresented in that portrayal for a lot of a lot of the people that were involved. But that's that is what it is. I am gonna say 
just as an overarching part of this review, I suspect that happened in this too, and I've made notes there because Justin and I were hitting back and forth on some things earlier. Yeah. I've made some notes where I think that happened, and I'll explain why. So I was the victim of a really poorly misrepresented documentary too many, many years ago where things were taken greatly out of context. So I go into these, these more documentary-type things skeptically, but hopeful that you'll get a good director. Yeah, and it all it all is made or broke in the editing room, and I felt like they did okay in, in this one. They didn't do great. This is yeah. way better than Axe was. So if you've heard our review on Axe, whereas I really wouldn't recommend Axe unless you're just doing it as a cheese flick, like you'd love cheese. I would recommend this if you're interested in finding out about specifically the Wiccan, Vampiric, or Satanist community. Now, those are the three women that are covered. We have a Wiccan, which is Yvonne. We have a vampire, which is Vampira. I, and then we have a Satanist, who is Heather Sains. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, because I wrote it from the screen cap. And those are our three protagonists. We start out with this movie with a Wiccan ritual. I'm going to give my notes on it, and then I'm going to see what you guys thought of the opening ritual. I thought it was a little rushed. We get more on on why that is later. It didn't feel like there was much of an intonation of power, but a lot of people don't do that in Wiccan rituals. She is shifting her voice. I had to actually come back and make a note of that because as I got to hear her voice more, I realized that she was doing that shift that is supposed to be an intonation of power, so I'm not going to dock points on that. I initially was, but the difference is I always pitch my voice up naturally higher than I should to sound friendly because my normal voice is really deep and intimidating. As a result, when I start to intone power, it drops something like this. You know, it, it goes down three octaves. Listen, guys, we're there at a Jedi gathering, right? Charles over here goes and yells at somebody because they did their quarter wrong during a, a water blessing. So he is very much all about you're supposed to do things right. Yeah. So that just kind of gives you an idea of where he's coming from. Yeah, and I'm not as harsh as I used to be back then, to be really fair. You know, if you're, if you're doing something and I feel like you're not at least investing yourself in it, I'm definitely going to be the one to call it out. I want to say that, you know, when they're talking about that ritual also, they mention that there's different traditions and it's imperfect love and trust and harm none as they're discussing the ritual with this creepy music. Like, this is the nicest, gentlest ritual you could do, and they're playing... Something that made me wait for Dracula to show up, which Dracula's around the corner. Yeah, Dracula's <laughs> coming. So, Dracula looks like the, he looks like the crow. Yeah, he does. He looks like he he, he definitely looks like the crow, and I'm not going to pick we'll on him. him. We'll get to him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to pick on him too much because he's young, and I was young once, and I was, I was emo. I, we all were a little emo, but I, I was more emo I would than pay. I would pay money to have a picture of Charles in emo. No, no, I didn't dress emo. I just was overly, <laughs> I was overly in my own emotions and in my own gotcha, head. Okay. Uh, I never. That I was never emo. I, I, I was, I was with a girl once who was really into goth and metal and leather, and I tried the bracers. A buddy of mine came up to me and he put the bracers, the little spiky bracers on. He goes, "How do I look in this?" And I'm like, "Well, not, nothing against gay people, but you." Look, you look pretty gay in that. And he goes, that's how you look when you wear them. <laughs> and I, I took the bracers, and this is not against gay people. It's fine to look gay if that's what you want to look. But I 
am excessively straight. And I tossed the bracers in the corner because I was not looking to get a man and never wore them again. And that didn't, didn't help to cut into my wrists, too. They were, they were crappy. Anyway, point being, this first ritual. So that would get us back to point here, this first ritual. Uh, Justin, what were your thoughts on that? You got a little bit of experience in Wicca and uh, knowledge of it. What did you think? I, I never thought that I would consider Wicca to be a cult. I thought that was kind of strange. I guess they had to to include them in the show about women of the occult, but I thought the ritual was pretty standard from ones that I have witnessed and, and seen. I didn't study Wicca back in the day, but I did kind of check it out and hung out with some people just to see what they were doing and get a feel for it. And it seemed pretty standard to me, a pretty common ritual. Yeah, that was my thoughts. And like I said, initially I felt like they should intone more, but this is also, I have a little bit more experience in Solomonic methods and uh, ceremonial high magic than I do Wicca, mm-hmm. and the result is when you do, you, you'll do the same ritual in both often, but when you do it in ceremonial, everyone tends to throw their voice with great emphasis. That's not what Well, yeah, there, there's a lot more projection going on in the Solomonic than there is Wiccan. Wiccans, I don't, know, I don't know how to compare it, but yeah, there's not as much projection in Wiccan. Yeah, and that's fine. So that's what yeah, I said. I, 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 I can't not work. And they seem nervous. I mean, and they, they probably were nervous because there was cameras on them, and maybe some of them can't be open about their beliefs as much as the rest of us. Maybe some of them were concerned that their boss would see it. And to be fair, I, I think this was, was recorded in t- 2009 or something, right? Something like that, yeah. So we have, you know, 12 years of growth in this country to be more accepting. And I don't, may, may, they just felt a little nervous to me, and I, I was okay with that. I understood. So, yeah, I kind of felt like maybe it was that they were a little nervous. Because when I was doing ceremony with Circle of the Rising Moon, we always rehearsed. Even if we had the paper there, and later on you do see her with the paper, but even if we had the paper there and we were reading from it, we knew it well enough that it basically the paper was just there to help us get over the center of attention. Mm-hmm. But we could read it with that intonation, the inflection, the the whatnot, and I felt like it wasn't really rehearsed enough, but at the same time, I sat there and thought, well, maybe it was rehearsed enough, and they just had these cameras in there, and they've never done that before. So how could they possibly, and I mean, I did it my first time. I was, when I went in there, I asked, I was asked, hey, can you be my priestess for this? And I looked at them, and I'm like, are we calling in any gods? Because you know that I'm not pagan, right? And they're like, no, 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 we're not calling in gods. This is just, this is a secular one because we want to give that perspective. I was like, oh, okay, I can do secular. And then I, I was the priestess for that one. I was nervous because I'm like, all of you guys have been doing this, and I've never done center of attention ritual. I've always done solo ritual by this point. Exactly, yeah. That's way different, too, Be, you know, being a solo practitioner and then all of a sudden hanging out with a bunch of other people. And it's really weird. It's way different. Not only that, but they dropped on me, would you be the priestess instead of would you be a quarter? I'm like, okay. (laughs) They didn't even give me a transition time. They were like, hey, we just want you to be the priest. Okay. I mean, even something simple like, like, you know, I I practiced meditation probably 10 years by myself before I ever did it with other people. And it was the most, it was the strangest thing. It just didn't seem right natural. So it's like, you know, when you do something as a solo practitioner, then you – that's why Wicked, Wicked was always kind of weird to me because I, I don't know 
I could never find myself being comfortable doing those kind of things, those rituals and stuff with other people. Maybe that's why they, they don't project as much because they're feeding off each other's energies and stuff. I don't know. And, you know, that's, that's another factor. I don't do a lot of group work. And every time I've done group work where we try to put things together on the fly with uh, my local group, which is not really a coven. We're kind of a coven, uh, uh, a, cov- a covet, like, you know, like the miniature version <laughs> yeah. of a coven. You're like what the military had, just a little pagan yeah. group. A, a little group of pagans that know each other, and we tried to do a few rituals like that, improvised out of books. With us, we, we would wind up tripping over our own words and our own places even after we would rehearse things. And to me, it always felt so play-acty. But then again, I've always preferred, if I'm doing a ritual, to do it on the fly. I've always preferred to write my own my own poems and rhymes to go with whatever I'm doing. I am one of those people that, if you're doing something in tradition, I'd say stick with it. But if you're not, then make sure that it, you're investing yourself. And I, I prefer the investment over the tradition. But that's me. So I, I can't jump them on this. But what I can jump them on is what's coming up next a little bit. So we move to the Satanist. Now, understand that this uh, documentary hops between these three people. It's not one person, long section, one person. Right, long. yeah. It's like so, five minutes per person or something. It just, yeah, it really hops it, around it a is. lot. It is. And it's only 40 minutes long, so we're going to actually probably take longer covering this than the actual video itself. We move to the Satanist, and they pan over her library. And I don't know if you guys caught some of the books in there. Did you catch any of the titles of the book? Did no, you? I just remember the Satanic Bible because I remember thinking it was super old looking. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah. she's well-worn. <laughs> I didn't. I did because I'm always aware of the subliminal in the occult as it concerns Satanism, especially how we try to do things in media to make things look worse. I didn't catch all the titles. But what I caught was Killer Clowns, the book, as one of the ones that was on her bookshelf that they made sure that the camera panned by. <laughs> and whether or, not, whether or not you or I caught it, okay, consciously or subconscious does to help build the dark aura around this woman. The idea of she's oh, she does that herself. She does. <laughs> they, they, they play on it. And this was my first clue that maybe they were presenting her as something that she wasn't by taking her words out of context at points. You don't have a person there and then go through their library and specifically make sure to hit the killer clown so that you see the title just scroll right on down. Mm-hmm. A lot of her books were were ones like that where it was fiction and they were books that are notoriously creepy, notoriously scary and spooky to the untrained eye or to the impressionable or to the subconscious. It set something up. That was the first thing that hit me. And the second thing was she had a really cute dog. Like, that dog just stole the show. She's feeding this little little hot dog dog, and he's just like, yes. And I'm like, okay. She had a badass car. That, that was... Yeah. Yeah, we get, we get into the car, too. So we have right there, when she's introduced, you know, Justin, what did you notice with... Did you have any thoughts specifically? Yeah, she, she was very quick to tell us that a Satanist is not a Satan worshiper. She was very quick to point out that she's never hurt anybody and that the point of it is not to hurt people. Uh, she was very quick to point out that it was not theological or it was basically more of a philosophy of, I'm, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was more of a philosophy of like enjoying life and, you know, kind of like YOLO, right? Like you only live once, so enjoy it to the fullest. Let people do their thing. 
you do your thing type of thing. But it was very, she was very adamant about this is not what you think. It's not about Satan. It's about living life to the fullest. Yeah. The only other thing I'll add there is that she mentioned where we're on God. Yeah. Yeah. I have all that in my notes too, which is very good. But I also have some other stuff in there. Uh, some of that comes back to bite her in the butt later, um, <laughs> especially with Justin because he's, he's itching. I can tell. <laughs> Um, and we don't have to take things in order. I'm, I don't take this wrong, Natalie. I don't. Yeah, you I, I don't do like you do, where I'm like, no, no, we cannot skip. No, no, skip ahead. Go, go for it. Go for it. But before you do, this is also when she talks about how when she was young, she had this boy that was interested in her in kindergarten, so she had a first grader beat him up, and that exemplifies Satanism. Yeah. She literally in the same segment where she says, "We're not about hurting people. I would never want anyone <laughs> to be afraid of me." But you know. Uh-huh. I thought that was later on. You go mafia on someone. No, it was in the same segment. She went yeah. mafia. She went mafia on on a on a kid in kindergarten. And then she laughed about it. And she said it wasn't really nice. Now that I think talk about yeah. it, but I'm laughing she, yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that really wasn't that nice. No, I think about it. that's a good example of uh, of being a Satanist. Satanist. Now there's that. You know, do you guys have any thoughts on that specifically? Or do you want to just roll into the next thing that I noticed there? Let's just roll on to the next roll thing. On. Well, no, actually, hold on. I know Justin was the one that commented on it heavily. It was like... Well, I, she's full of shit. She, <laughs> yeah. uh, look, I, and, and this is not a judgment. I love the fact that we live in a place where most of us can, and I'm, I'm going to use this word loosely, comfortably practice our, our beliefs. I, that's not always true. Um, if you're down in the Bible Belt, you have a lot more trouble. I mean, the government at least aren't hanging us for, you know, believing in things that are different from the norm. This is not a judgment, but she and, – and maybe I'll give her the benefit of the doubt on this one point. Maybe she is a victim of bad editing. However, you go from somebody saying, I'm not a, a Satan worshiper. Like, we don't worship Satan. We don't harm people. We don't do this. She, and then she kind of laughs about having somebody beat up. But then she rolls right literally into a ritual where she's hailing Satan. <laughs> like, so, See, you I know, think like, realistically, Charles, we probably just, because of the way that they cut this up, we probably need to talk about each individual instead of talking about it in order in the film. Yeah, right. and that's, that's, what I, that's why I wrote my notes, too. And see, I wrote my notes in in order, but I can jump around a bit. So with that, this is the early part of the film. So she does say something in that. So, so so she does this ritual to Satan, and then the next ritual she does, she's literally cursing somebody, like she's doing a curse on somebody, asking Satan to curse this person because they're talking crap behind her back or whatever. And it's like, okay, you know, again, I I try not to judge things that I don't have much perspective into. I can only come at it from my perspective. However, my perspective is on this. If you're going to come and you're going to teach me about your beliefs, don't bullshit me. Don't tell me that you don't do this and this and then literally do it. The one thing that turns me off faster than anything else is hypocrisy. If you're a hypocrite, I got nothing for you. I'm not going to even give you any more respect or anything like that. I came into, like I said earlier, I came into this wanting to learn more about these three women and their beliefs. And, and with, this, with this woman, again, maybe she's just a victim of bad bad uh, editing or whatever, but it just it really turned me off once I seen the hypocrisy in action. 
<laughs> I, I don't disagree with you. I did make notes on this. At the early point, she states that she's a satanic witch after she stated what being a satanist means. And it really made me wonder with the term satanic witch if she was going with the idea that Crowley represents, which is okay. that all is within. So if you read Crowley's work, the Goetia, the angels, everything you deal with spiritually is supposed to be a manifestation of something within you that is connecting to an outside force, that you yourself are the conduit and the force itself in many ways. If she's drawing that line and then also drawing the line between this is Satanism and this is Satanic witchcraft, she may, thanks to poor editing, have already explained how right. she's not calling up demons, she's calling up demons from within. She's yeah. not calling up Satan, she's calling up the Satan from within. And I, I feel could like really, that is definitely a truth since she said that we're all our own gods and goddesses. Right. And I see that. Right. As that's why, yeah. And that's why it threw me off when she was, when she went right to those rituals that were like completely, they seemed counteractive to what she was saying. She was like, wait a minute. Yeah. And I definitely, definitely got hit there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to skip through my notes back to her next spot. The next time we really see her, really we're, we're seeing her mother talk about that she has unconditional love for her mm -hmm. and how, but how she disdains her Satanism. I was, I really, I felt for her for a moment because she could have just said, you know, I love my daughter no matter what and left it at that. And I put in my notes, you know, it feels kind of judgy and preachy. And then she says she prays for her every day. And I'm like, so that is judgy. Like, well, yeah, but, but, but I mm -hmm. think her actions are, her actions are, are better spoken than her words. Because she does still hang out with her daughter. She still yeah. obviously loves her. I don't care what she does, you know, what she says. I, I, I look more like what she's doing. And to me, I was like, you know, and, and that was kind of redeeming for me for this character or for this person. I guess they're not characters technically uh, right. for this person because it, it just kind of it, it brings her back to more real for me. And I was, you know, happy to see that part. That doesn't last. No, no, it doesn't. Not for me. So, nope. <laughs> To me, I see that she's still saying she has unconditional love. She just wishes that this part of her was, was gone. It doesn't mean that it's going to yeah. From the understanding of what that means to the mother, I don't disagree with her take of this is unconditional love. If it was conditional, then she wouldn't love her at all. She wouldn't do anything with her. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. The next, though, we're still in that same scene. So I'm going to great, aren't they? When when they are, I, I've seen the reverse happen in documentaries too, right. and it gets really sad really fast. The next thing she does, you know, they claim to not worship the devil. She goes through that again, and she uses extreme examples of things like this, like animal sacrifice. Uh, at this mm -hmm. point, in my notes renaming her to Satanic Karen, and this was in uh, <laughs> this is because I know too many Heather's that I like. So her new name is Satanic Karen. Yeah, uh, and I put in my notes, it's a no satanic care, and it's other religions that do that, like uh, Christianity and the old and some of the older forms, Judaism and the older forms, certain shamanic and African tribal religion practices do that. Devil worship is a whole other thing, like casting spells in the name of Satan. Oh, wait, foreshadowing. It's kind of like she's really trying to say, well, we don't do what you see in the movie, but she doesn't want to really note that a lot of what you see in the movies is trying to group these things all under the same headache. I feel like there may have been more of an explanation there that got cut. I think they were trying to keep her as dark and spooky looking as possible. 
Yeah. I couldn't look at her and just feel like she was, like, even when she was in the Hirsch, it just didn't feel like she was dark. She felt lifted up to me, like, yeah. happy, and she was just kind of wearing the stuff to wear it. And I don't know. She just seemed... We have... We have Sith realists in our in our community, the larger community, that that are s- Satan worshippers, or their pra- a lot of their practice is built around the the Satanic Bible, and they're not spooky or scary. So, like, I don't know. I have trouble finding her spooky and scary too. It's just, uh, it almost like they were trying to force her to be that way. I mean, yeah. because it's yeah. Now I did miss a part because, like, I'm bouncing around notes now, so I'm a little out of order here. Um, she does mention about self-help advice and how people just don't take it, and that's a fair complaint. Uh, she brings her husband, Brian, into this. His definition, a uh, life-loving, rational philosophy that is completely secular, and we don't believe in spiritual pipe dreams, not a lot of black magic mumbo-jumbo, which is in stark contrast to her satanic rituals. Yeah. yeah. This actually hit me really hard where I, I live. I that. I really but, did. I missed that part. That It really hit me where I live because... At that moment, having watched it three times on the third watch, at that moment, I realized that this family has an issue in it. They don't agree on what it means to be a Satanist with each other, not fully, and that his view of her practices as a witch is probably accepting but degrading. Kind of like, oh, I understand you want to do silly things. Here, have this room that's your own to do silly, stupid things in. Right. And I, it hit me. I see trouble in this family, and it, it kind of explained. It was foreshadowing for the ritual that she does later on. It really she, does. She mentions in it also that Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. And this becomes a crowbar for a can of worms that we see happen later in the film that we've kind of hit on now a little mm-hmm. with some of the rituals she did. Am I the only one that really, after meeting Brian and then seeing her with her ritual work, I don't know, was it just me? He seemed more like the, the type of Satanist that I have actually met in my life. You know, he seems more like the, it, it's all philosophical for them mostly yeah. and not literal. There's definitely a contrast between them. And, and it, it was at that point where I realized that she's actually probably mix, mixing beliefs and she's kind of created her own thing with it. Well, what, what it is is there's, uh, there's multiple types of Satanism, theological Satanism and philosophical Satanism. And theological Satanism can then branch into the Crowley-style uh, view of theology and mysticism, where it's all internal, but you're pulling it out to use it in the world. Whereas philosophical, which is your mo- most of your Satanists fall into this, it falls into the idea of being your own God, but recognizing that the world is not necessarily kind, but there's a certain cruelty and a certain beauty in it. And I, I get There's that. There's a reason that I believe that she kind of mixes things, too. Yeah. But we'll get to the altar. <laughs> yeah, and, and I agree. I think she does. And that, at that point, that's yeah. when I started seeing things that made me believe that she was mixing traditions. Which is fine. Like, I, yeah. you know, I, that's not a problem for me. And it really makes sense at first that why she's having trouble describing what she believes in. Yeah. Because she's kind of inventing it in a way. Right. She's an, eclect- she's an eclectic satanic witch, which is fantastic. Right. It's not a bad path to go because she has her Satanism as her base. It shows her where she should go, what she should do. I almost want to say she's kind of a backslid Satanist. Her view of justice is what we're coming up on next. Let me Mm. scroll through my notes. Justin, 
if you could start hitting on this, I know that you have about 800 notes on this. I know this is the, the bulk of that, that small Bible you're carrying that you call notes. And I really only need one to describe how disappointed I am. I use that word a lot nowadays. I'm so disappointed in you. As I get older, that's the dad in me. I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> she taught she's doing this curse after telling us do no harm. And well, that's the Wiccans. But yeah, uh, she says that she doesn't use it to hurt people. And it's a it's a personal practice and blah, blah, blah. Then she's, then she's doing a, a ritual, a curse. She says something to the effect of it's not like I'm the one pulling the trigger. Because she talks about how, how somebody had died once about a curse that she did. She talks about somebody lost a job or something. And she talks about these yeah, harmful in things. Jail, in jail for life. Oh, yeah, yeah. And someone went to jail. She talks about these very harmful things that, she's, that she believes that she's done. She's caught. Now, yeah, so, so let's break this down real quick. Whether or not you believe that she did these things is not relevant to the fact that she believes that she did these things. And then in the same breath, she, she believes that she caused this harm. And in the same breath, she says, well, it's not like I'm the one pulling the trigger. So then she tries to remove herself from all responsibility. And it's like, no, pump the brakes real quick. If you believe that you caused this, then you are directly responsible for this happening. Yeah. At the point at which we start seeing the ritual, okay, the narrator comes in and says she does a number of rituals to focus her energy and express her need. On the one hand, this keeps her from being contradictory because this really expresses that internal satanic view you're bringing the satan from within you're bringing the demons from within you're investing in this it's almost like chaos magic the chaos magic paradigm very simple is that where you put your focus your intent is where your energy goes and that empowers everything and that everything external is a thought form i don't fully agree with it i don't fully disagree with it that's not what we're here for today the point is, that model does give her a loophole for not worshipping an external Satan. I did want to note, as I'm watching this ritual, the Satanic ritual is very well done. On all accounts, each one that she did was very well done. A lot of emphasis and focus. And it somehow was less spooky than the Wiccan ones. And we're going to get back to that when we, when we talk about Yvonne. Who, but we're going to talk about Yvonne last because she's our hero. She's um, my favorite. She's mine She's too. adorable. I love her. Um, but we'll talk about her last, so we leave on the best note. But somehow, the music was less spooky than the Wiccan ones. Like, when they do the Satanist workings, they just had this gentle intonation. And it was like, you know, she's casting for, uh, she's invoking the names of the female demons and devils. They really are not reinforcing. The narrator could have easily come on and said, you know, she sees this as internal. I feel like she kind of, when they did the, the pre-run for this video, she said, no, you've got to show that I'm not talking about an external force and that they put that little narration in, and then they said, well, this is the best you're getting, deal with it. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing, though, here, is I don't know if she truly understands what she's doing. Cause, like, so let's talk about some of the little points that we hit on here. She tried to say she's not the person pulling the trigger. She says we're our own gods. I think that there might be a disconnect in what she actually believes, and she's not come to full terms with what she believes personally. Yeah. Because I can see there is a way that you can say the loophole that I could see is she's not the one actually cursing them. Because in her ritual, she specifically says, you know, if it's them, then have it come back to them. They're the ones that are pulling the trigger on themselves. She's basically just said, okay, here, I've turned the gun back on you, and every time you fire, you're firing back. 
Now, don't get me wrong, Justin. I see you shaking your head over there. I'm just saying. However, the problem is, is that she is the one turning it back on her instead of just taking the gun out of her hand. But if she believes that it is a high, uh, a demonic force that's actually being sent out, which I can't say that she does or she doesn't, unless she believes in servitors being doing it. If she didn't say that, uh, we don't know if she's talking about that. But even then, it's crafted from her, right? So she's still doing it. I think that she really has her own disconnect on what it is, and she has not formed her theology. Especially with that dagger. Yeah. Oh, no, no. She calls it a sword. She's like, this is my sword. I'm like, for a two-year-old, that thing is like that long. Okay, if she's talking about Japan standards, it's definitely a sword. Anything past two inches is a sword. Seriously, though, did you notice what the dagger was? That was like the first thing I saw. What kind of dagger was it? Does anybody know? Anybody know what culture it comes from? No, I didn't. I, I did not notice that. I'm shocked. Egyptian. Okay. Which, to be fair, if she is pulling from Crowley's works. For exactly. Her message, I was just thinking that. Yep. Maybe is, Egyptian would be where he pulled from for a lot of his ritual yeah. work. I, I hit a lot. This is going to sound preachy, but I don't give a shit about her disconnection. You can't. You can't. That's, that's a cowardice thing, too. Literally try your best and to believe you cause harm to somebody and then take no responsibility for it. That's either cowardice or just serious super her being naive. Just you, guys, really you guys hit on an even bigger spell that's even more offensive than this. And like you're you're really stuck on the justice slash vengeance one. I'm gonna get I'm gonna hit on that in a minute. But I got hit on the most Look, offensive spell. If, I got hit if, on the most offensive. If, if it was vengeance, just say so. It's fine. Right. Just be, just well, be no, I'll, true. I'll, be I'll, real hit, I'll hit on that in a minute. Actually, in a minute, the most offensive thing she does, though, is she does a love and passion spell for her and her husband mm-hmm. without him being a part of it. That is such a... Okay, so... Psycho. Yeah, thank you, Psycho. So there's an etiquette to magic, and everyone, everyone draws their lines in different places. For some of us, we won't do magic against someone who's unwilling. I don't follow that completely, but I won't do it against someone close to me who's unwilling. Because that's me breaching their trust. If I don't care if the person trusts me, if they're not someone close enough to me that it matters to have their trust, then they're wearing a target under certain circumstances. And I'll admit that very pointedly. But if there's someone close to me, someone that I love and care about, then for me to use magic on them, unless it is extreme situations like healing spells to save their life, that's not within my own area of what I allow. So she does this ritual for love and passion for him and so that they'll stay together. And it really makes me think that that sticking point that we noticed earlier was so much worse than we ever realized. I sus- if you have to cast someone to keep them with you, you've already lost them. And I even put my notes, sorry, Satanic Karen, he's gone. Good ritual, though. I want to say this. Her ritual format was excellent. It was well thought out. She had it and understood it. It was either rehearsed or it was done on the fly in a way that was empowering. I like that style. I've always been a fan of that style. I like what she did each step of the way, even though I could tell she was borrowing from traditions of various different forms. I have no problem with that because most mysticism today is becoming more eclectic, and it was in the old days. I really like what I've seen there in the format, but when you She definitely is a good practitioner. Like, as far as her practices, her practice is solid. Yeah. She obviously knows what she's doing. She just doesn't know how to 
explain it. She doesn't know how to verbalize it to people. Yeah. So there is something that I want to point out with that, and, and maybe I should have listened more to that specific ritual, but sometimes you don't need the other person. But let, let me clarify. If so you let's have say high, No, I mean, not even then, because maybe it was more about her. Because she said, when I look at this, that would remind me of the love. So it's saying that she's actually the person that has the problem, not him, at least not from her perspective. So she was doing the spell on herself. That may be possible, but the fact that she used a key that represents the key to his heart, mm. the symbolism... So she can find the key to his heart so that she can right, like what those I, things are. I'm going to put this in what I call that middle gray area of not having enough information as a practitioner, much like when someone sends me a bind rune and they go... What does this buying rune do? And I'm like, there are 24 runes, and each rune is big enough that when I wrote a book on it, it took two pages per rune to discuss or more. A bind rune is comprised of three runes, which means something like one million different combinations possible. And with all the different ways a rune could be used, it could be 14 trillion different meanings for a single bind rune. Don't ask me what this bind rune means without telling me what the practitioner meant. That I put that in the same boat. But the thing is... The, the symbolism, the methodology, the expression, and then the way he was acting before, the way he was speaking, the way she was talking. I, 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 I kind of want to get to know this person. And, like, if they're having trouble, be like, hey, guys, you can come talk to me. Maybe I can help you, you know, figure this out. What about the one time they're both on camera at the same time and they're talking about the power of the P? How she was talking about using sex as a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, using sex to control, to control yeah. Uh, him. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't get that, that. That was kind of odd. That that was a little awkward. It was. It was. like it could have been a fun. It could have been a fun little funny moment, you know. But it it really it felt awkward. It, it felt awkward, and then to combine it with this, yeah, I really feel like they have a deeper issue in their marriage. Maybe a trust issue. Maybe one of them is cheated on the other. I don't know. What I do know is that good ritual. Bad purpose, and probably not the right way to do it, and probably not something you want to voice to the world that you're doing on your husband, but especially not without, you know, grabbing a hold of the, the editor and being like, look, you're going to give the rest of this explanation, or I'm going to take this dagger, terms for it. Like, I wouldn't let someone film me doing something like that if it had a good reason and had the consent of my wife. I wouldn't let someone film me unless I said, look, you're going to sign a contract stating that you will provide my explanation first. I just wouldn't. It would be too easy to take out a much greater context. Something I noted, too, it was, for all we know, and we know how scuzzy some of these, uh, there's a word, there's a word of the day, scuzzy. We know how scuzzy some of these directors are, where, where especially, you know, I mean, and I shouldn't say especially, because a documentary should be the purest form of what we're talking about, but it's never, it never is. For all we know, they told her, hey, you got to do like, you got, you have to do a curse. You got to do a curse for the camera so we can, you know, show the other side of this or whatever. And I just don't, you know, I, I, I have seen that happen before. Yeah, exactly. I, I, like I was the worst thing possible looking at Jedi or American Jedi over there. Like I said, I was, I won't name the film that I was in just because I don't want to give them any more money, but it was very much like that. It was, and nothing was, there was no documenting. It was very little of that. It was more, we're just going to make a movie, but with regular people. That's all a documentary has become for a lot of things. So anyways, I, you know, I, I kind of felt like as far as Heather goes, at the end of the day with Heather for me, at least I did see a new side of Satanism that I didn't realize existed. I, I've always, I've only been exposed to the, the more philosophical part of it, 
Yeah, the more levee parts. The rest of this, what I've seen from her, I have seen in other types of uh, ritual work. I did never seen them mixed together like this. So uh, that's a plus for me, I suppose. And I don't think that they did her as respectful as they did our Wiccan friend. I am going to hit on that curse now. But I'm finally, I'm finally at the point in my notes. A spell to stop gossip. So she's doing a spell. I cannot remember the exact term, but it was like the, the, the sword of righteousness or the sword of justice. And she says it's kind of just a spell. But it is going to impact them tenfold. And my thing is, I've always felt that if you're, if you're defending and you're coming back with more than just equal measure, you need to admit that you're not looking for justice, you're looking for vengeance. It's an amplifier. It's definitely... And isn't it usually supposed to be threefold that it comes back? The threefold is supposed to be a law that Wiccans believe in, where it okay, comes back fair, threefold. So. But... Every other tradition, for the most part, doesn't believe in a threefold law. She goes, well, I'm not the one pulling the trigger. But then it's like, it will come back, and she says, but it will come back to them. And I'm like, yeah, but it's going to come back to them tenfold. You are the one pulling the trigger. You're pulling the trigger nine more times. Yeah. You're pulling the trigger nine times harsher than what they're doing. After that, she's like, that's where the energy comes from. But if it's tenfold, the energy is coming from her. There's a principle. I'm not against the principle of equal measure. If someone harms you... You practice magic and you want to hit them back at equal measure, go for it. I feel the same way about physical altercations as well. And I've got my notes. It would be like Justin and I are having a, a debate on something, maybe politics. We, we get into these insane debates on politics where we, you can tell we get heated, okay? And all of a sudden, maybe, maybe I'm possessed, maybe I had a moment of insanity, but I slap him, okay? And the next thing you know, he's got me on the ground, he's broke my wrist, he's broke my shoulder, my knee, my collarbone, my hip, and I'm, I'm like, you know, crawling with one arm away from this after having <laughs> smacked him. That's, that's what you get, damn it. That's, that's a tenfold response, okay? Yeah. That's a tenfold response. That's not justice. That's excessive brutality. That's an excessive, brutal response. And I'm here, the last part I have on my notes on this is this. Bitch be like, you inconvenienced me, so I'm going to light your house on fire and eat your babies. But Satanists are nice, friendly people. The next person which is actually, which is actually true for all the ones I've never met. They, they are, but most of them don't light your house on fire for, for an inconvenience. And, and they slot themselves out with a hearse. Then, you know what? <laughs> I, I like that car. I, really I love the hearse. I don't even have a whole lot. You know what? I didn't notice it until the second time because you had said... Tell me I don't want a curse, Allie. And I was like, wave Jedi hand. You don't want a curse. He goes, no, I, I don't want one. I want someone to gift me one. And I yeah. sat there the whole time wondering, why is he talking about a curse? Well, last night I went to go watch it again because I knew we were preparing for this episode. And I saw the hearse. I was like, oh, why didn't I see that before? <laughs> it's an old school one, too. It's cool. yeah. Used hearses are cheap, too, by the way. They're cheap. They're easy to get for a fair price. Probably um, think they're haunted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when they come to the end of her art, you know, Brian speaks about his love for her. And you can tell there were some issues, but they have a, a strong connection. And it made me wonder why she felt like she needed the spell at all. And now i got to wonder who hurt her, who hurt him, what they're going through. And then, yeah, she she drives a, a hearse, but I can't bitch about that because I want one too. So. <laughs> like, I can't, if I didn't live in a small town in the Bible Belt, I would be looking at a hearse. I'll be honest. <laughs> That's our arc with Satan Karen, so Satanic Karen. Yeah, and, and just kind of, I, I still think, 
Like, I think that whole point where, you know, he's talking about the love for her, I really think the problem was on her side, and that's why she did the ritual. Was it maybe her, maybe, maybe it was. Like, I don't know. The thing is, I've seen rituals done like that. I've had friends do rituals like that. It's almost always a controlling, possessive thing, where it's supposed to influence someone else. But the thing is, without knowing the full extent of it, I would have to sit down and talk to her, and I would have to do it in an environment where her and I talk about all the people we've cursed back when I was in my dark days, so that I have her disarmed mentally, so that if this was on him, she'll be like, so oh, yeah, you're well, you never going to be able to have this conversation with her because she's listened to this episode. <laughs> I know, right? But that would be the only way I could get the truth, because then she'd be like, oh, well, you know, you're not going to judge me. You were as bad at one point. And then she'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I control that, that guy. He's mine, and I married him, so... I can do whatever I want. He's property. Like, maybe that would be the response. Or maybe it would be that she went astray. Maybe she slept with someone else and she has trouble not sleeping with other people because hearses are like, you know, magnets for, for the D. I don't know. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't think she's bad. I think she's practicing disharmony. There's yeah. great amounts of disharmony in her life. And she's, she's trying to use more disharmony to balance that. And that's not how harmony works. That's <laughs> Yeah. Vampira! Vampira is next up, okay? (laughs) So let me preface this with I both love and hate this character. I I love her because she's got so much compassion and so much dedication in this that she is taking herself seriously. I'm sorry, the way that you introduce her, this character makes her sound like she's completely fake. I know you know she's not, but... (laughs) And that's my next point, is that she looks like she's completely fake in the way that she does a lot of things. Vampira is definitely an alter ego for this woman, clearly. Right. And if it is an alter ego... So this is the question. Is she Batman or is she Bruce Wayne? And I can't say that. You know, is her day life her alter ego? I mean, that that, that could be true. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, if you look at the Batman mythos, uh, Batman is the man, Bruce Wayne is is the... is the illusion. Yeah. So maybe Vampira is the woman. So she mentions her heart rate drops to 26 beats a minute. I put those big eyes that you get in text in my notes, and I put, I need to see evidence for this. So if you tell me your heart rate is doing something, I need a monitor. Yeah, I was really curious about that, too. I, how does she know that? Did she do a sleep study because she has problems with sleep? I'd like to know that, too. Because my heart rate doesn't drop. I don't know. I, I couldn't figure out what that has to do with, with being an energy or psychic vampire that she claims that she is. Uh, connection to death is what she was aiming for. That still doesn't make any damn sense. That doesn't make any difference. <laughs> it, it does, it, the energy that comes from burning. I... No, no. She, she's going with the idea that because of her, her type of vampire, I, I think as I know many vampires from the vampire community. See, see, this one was the toughest for me because I know nothing about vampires. Right. Like, I know nothing. I know what a psychic vampire is. I know what an energy vampire is. But those folks are typically just that way on accident. They're not like... Trying to yeah, there's, there's an yeah, entire you know? community. There's a, there's a community right. for vampires that's bigger than the Jedi community. And if you want oh, to get... surprise me. Uh, if you want to get some information on it, the, the first thing to do would be to grab the book called The Sanguinomicon. That will give you a good introduction to their community and their beliefs. They're very overarching... The Sanguinomicon is it doesn't cover every little detail. This would be someone who is definitely believes that she has the spirit of the vampire within her as an ideal, mm-hmm. but also as a as a thing. 
and her her belief that this twenty six beats a minute thing is the idea that she is connected to the death of the death energy, the the living but death. death. But death is zero beats per minute. That's I agree. <laughs> like and, like flatline, like beep. And, and this that's is like, it. this is like my buddy. Uh, I'm not going to name his name, but he had ran into someone who started the whole bragging because they were a vampire, they were indestructible, and this, that, and the other. And they they went at it for a minute, and he grabbed the guy, and he slammed his teeth into a desk. And the dude bled, and he goes, wow, well, with your high-speed regeneration, you'll walk that off. I didn't say my buddy was a nice guy. I said, don't tell him you're invincible, okay, because he will take that, he will take wow. that test. He, he, that reminds me of a Dane Cook joke. He's going to show up in the Invincible TV series, the animated one. He's going to be the guy that wins because he's going to be like, oh, so you're invincible, huh? And he's just going to deck him. But you guys remember, you guys remember Dane Cook? Oh, yeah. Comedian? Oh, yeah. He, did, yeah. He, does, he does a joke about a guy wearing a Superman shirt and then gets shot in the chest. And then yep. the guy's like, yes, yeah, not because he's bleeding to death. Yep. Yes, not. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah. For me, a lot of this felt like role playing because I don't understand yeah. this. I don't understand this community. And you know what? I, I want to preface that before we get any further because I don't want to sound like a dick. Because I don't understand this community at all. And I'm sure there's the same kind of misconceptions I had when I first seen this. is probably the same ones that people have when they see a movie like American Jedi or, or something, for example. You know, like they think, oh, this is a bunch of role players or cosplayers or whatever, which is fun, too. I didn't have any kind of perspective going into this other than I don't understand what the hell is going on. Like, so it to me... seem to... Or accent, that's the word. Accent the the fun that they had more so than the beliefs or the structure. And I yeah. think that's probably because they were an eclectic group. They weren't all vampires that was right. in this little family. So right. I will say that my introduction to vampirism was from a sci-fi show called, I think it was called The House. And they had like a Wiccan, a, a witch, a vampire, a nudist, and whatnot. And each of these guys, was, you were supposed to find out who won. It was one of those challenge games mm-hmm. they had, that sci-fi channel ran and they had different people and the vampire i i remember he actually drank blood i remember that he one of his challenges was to actually get everybody to drink blood and he got like everybody else in the house was like no that's too far <laughs> i'm not even getting they really they well, really, i mean that does sound like a very controversial <laughs> yeah like I said, I know people that are in the community, but the thing is, it's such a vast community. Again, very similar to the Jedi community. You have sex with the Jedi community. Sex. So in case that didn't record right, sex. Sierra, Echo, Echo, Charlie, Tango, Sierra. Yes, thank you. Of that community where it is literally just people dressing up in robes, meeting up, playing around with lightsabers, maybe even practicing sword fighting with the lightsabers. So that they're actual trained sword fighters, maybe not even that much. That's the thing. When you have big communities, especially since the vampiric community is like 15 times bigger than the Jedi one, maybe more, maybe 100 times bigger, you're going to have... Club is more popular. I mean, look at Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yep. It was huge. It was. Queen of the Dam. Prefacing that, she claims that she has fangs and people tell her to take them out. She shows her teeth. I've seen their fangs. I didn't see, I didn't see fangs either. I saw somebody that had fangs. Yeah, there was yeah, another person there. But it wasn't yeah. her, yeah. yeah. Maybe they were psychic in nature and we just couldn't see them. The way she talks about dealing with blood, it looked more like a fetish than a craving. And you can't see her fangs in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to her, she won't show up in a mirror. I mean, not quite. But it, 
It felt like that. She felt very costumey in the introduction. When she said that she likes to, oh, man, what was it? Feel a flesh in her. She likes to feel a flesh and stuff. I, I, I just wrote cannibal, question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> I didn't know how to figure it out what you were thinking. I didn't, I didn't really understand your notes. <laughs> exactly. I didn't understand what, you know, especially because she said she was a psychic vampire. And then she talked about, yeah. like, uh, enjoying flesh. And, and later on, we see her playing with blood. And she said she likes to feel the blood in her fingertips. And I was like, are you a cannibal? Do you eat people? I, I don't know. No, she's, she's got a blood fetish is what, what that is. It's what it's got to be. So that said, the next time we see her, we find out that she's adopted, quote-unquote, a 19-year-old. She sees as her son. He sees her as her mom after he's been abandoned by his family. And even though he's technically an adult, he's a sanguine vampire. And the difference there is she has a love of playing with blood. For him, he has a condition that, without sounding too judgy on this, may or may not be a psychological condition in which he feels he has to have blood to operate. That is um, a real condition, but we don't know if it's really. Right. So and we're, just, we're just saying we don't know. I've never seen someone who had that condition who's in the vampiric community, but him saying that without it, he cannot function, that doesn't mean he won't, he'll die. It just means that he won't feel like himself. He won't be functional. He'll have trouble thinking. This could be psych. It could be a psych issue. It also could just be part of his uh, spirituality in a very real sense, but he's adopted into a kind of a psych issue. There are people that if they don't pray on Sunday, they don't work right. So I will, I will tell you what the disease is. It's called, colloquially, it's called clinical vampirism, but it's actually called Renfield syndrome. And that is named after Renfield from the Dracula books. Not even kidding. They mentioned that it's not role-playing. And then comes the March of the Fairies. And I'm like not actually, even kidding. Like yeah, actually, yeah. 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 They identify as fairies. They do. Fae. With a couple of them. Litter everywhere. Yeah. Yep. This felt very role play to me. Like I felt like she takes her part serious and I felt like her adopted son takes his part serious in their own way. And she I feel like even, even I feel like even the fairies in their own way take it serious in the sense that these people, this is how they define their life. Mm -hmm. And people have defined their life through role playing in the past in the world. Yeah. But there is a point at which you are choosing a level of self delusion in my mind, and she's crossed into that a little bit. I'm not totally against it. I don't judge people for doing it so long as their actions are benign and hers are. She points out that she's actually a productive member of society and that that's an important right. thing. As long as it doesn't and, <laughs> interfere with being a productive member of society, I don't have a problem with it. Even with the son, Lucian, who drinks blood once a month, we don't know how much blood he's drinking, but we, we are told that it comes from his girlfriend who willingly volunteers it to yeah. him. Not, I don't know how he gets it or what it is. Yeah, not just the girlfriend, though. It was other people who had to be tested. That he yeah, everyone has to be yeah. screened. And that's a big thing in the vampiric community. When you have someone who identifies as a sanguine, they go through and they make certain to do testing. Because if you don't, you're considered to be an outcast for not going through those procedures to be safe. Kid you not. If you want to be an outcast in the vampire, vampiric community, just bite anybody and see how long you last. The other vampires will eat you alive. You you bite anybody well, just in general, you're probably going to lose a few teeth. I mean, well, I'm sure. Yeah, especially if you bite my buddy. Uh, yeah. He takes you to the desk. But they talk about the violet wand, which is foreshadowing. And this is something I want to mention is every topic that we're talking about gets foreshadowed in the movie. 
this documentary does a lot of good foreshadowing. They'll bring something up and then you'll get to see it later. This is a very family member oriented group. That's not a bad thing. This is almost a coven of eclectic in a very real sense. I think and she calls it a coven, doesn't she, at one point? She does. She calls it a family, actually. She calls it a family, yeah. And I, I'll say this. I've got more respect for people that are coming together as a family and are eclectic and maybe a little out there than I do for a lot of covens where everyone's got to do with the high holy head of whatever says. And um, they point out that she actually does do counseling with these people. Yeah. But they just don't ever show her actually doing that. They show that that's something that I think kind of was missed out on her story was yeah. that they really just showed her as having fun. And, yeah. and I'm not going to lie, that song came to head to my mind. Girls just want to have fun. And, and that, that's what they move into. Vampira does make a really good point. The next time we see her is in the graveyard. She makes a really good point. Of that when you're communing with spirits, it's a feeling in the spirit that a lot of, and a lot of people in the metaphysical community expect that when you deal with a spirit that it's always going to be loud and you're going to hear words. In fact, most times communications with anything on the other side is more of an impulse or a feeling. Up to this point in the movie, I don't know about you, but I was I was just like, okay, this this woman is she's cuckoo for cocoa puffs. She's she's crapping bats, and I, I get it. But, you know, it's cliche. And then she starts actually hitting on some very good points and practices on spirits. She raises pe good points on the fact that people will actually write off what they see of her in her day-to-day -day life because it doesn't fit the narrative they want of her. It makes it easier tells, for her. Yeah. She just tells them that she's into the golf community so that they'll, under, they'll see things and then they won't judge her for it. And then as soon as she starts making me like her, she immediately tees off my wife. She starts walking across the graves, which is the most disrespectful thing you can do in any form of necromantic practice, and then yeah. lays on one of them. So as soon yeah. as this woman lays down the thing to lay on the grave, okay, my wife starts yelling. One that was like, uh... She starts yelling at the top of her lungs, okay? Oh, my God, I can't believe this bitch. And I'm like, I was like, honey, settle down. Not everyone has common sense or respect like we do. But she talks with them. She should. I'm you would think, right? If you lay down on my grave, you definitely, she'll be like, oh my God, I can actually hear the voice. I can, I'm going to reach up there, by, grab her by the throat and pull her down in with me. And I'm going to be cremated, so that's going to be a trick. It's going to look like, it's going to look like the, that movie, um, oh, The Rock was in it. The Mummy Returns, where the, oh, the hand okay. of sand just reaches up and grabs yeah. them. <laughs> but, but, you know, as, as we go through, her story was actually the most middle of the road. It was neither good nor bad. It did like it was so hard to take it seriously. This is for someone who knows the community. So we get to where she's lighting people on fire before people like freak out. They throw a little bit of wood grain alcohol on the person's back, and wood grain does not burn very hot. You're not actually lighting the person on fire. You're lighting the alcohol on fire for a split second, and they're misting it. So they're so little. That flame's going to go out on its own in about 15 seconds. You might get a little bit of a singe. Like, there's magicians who put it on their hands and do it as a trick. It's not that dangerous in comparison, but they do this for the, for the feel of it. And she says, this is not a part of our practice. This is just something we do for fun. I don't know about you, but at that point, I felt like a lot of what we were seeing were things that they do for fun because her practice as a vampire probably wasn't that interesting to these people. Which is a shame, because, like I said, my biggest forte into vampires is Blade. Blade comic books, you know what I mean? I don't, yeah. 
I don't understand the the real world implications of being a vampire or whatever. I didn't ever considered it. I was kind of disappointed. I didn't get to actually learn anything. There's I, an episode I, in Buffy where they they walk in and they find a group of people who think they're vampires and angels. Just like you guys are fucking idiots. And he tells them, you know, they're like, oh, but they're kindred spirits. They're great people. He's like, yeah, you, no, you don't believe. You shouldn't believe that. You're gonna get killed, and then what happens? They get killed. They get killed. <laughs> but yeah, but that's kind of like in Star Wars. You have people that think they're Jedi too and get killed because they can't use the Force. I taking this into the real world. I know a good bit about vampiric philosophy. It's not something I could get into because oh, it's gonna sound arrogant. I'm gonna sound a little arrogant, guys. Arrogant alert on personally drawing energy from people when I do it. They generally get very tired very fast. And for me to notice the amount that it refills, I have to drain a lot of people right down to zero before I notice. For me, early on in my energetic practices, I realized I was either going to go to the source, the flow, the force, whatever you want to call it, or I was going to fail miserably because I am too compassionate to just walk around dropping people so that I don't feel exhausted all the time. That's for me. Like energy vampirism. It seems like a practice of the bogan, of the disharmony. I, it doesn't seem very. It doesn't seem practical. Like you drain people, and then you have to go on to the next, and to the next, and to the next. You eventually you're going to run out. Well, see, see, that's why a lot of, at least from what I understand, because I have a friend who was connected to that community. I've never been connected to that community, but I have a friend that was connected to that community. And from what I understood, unless you were doing it unknowingly, we have some of those people in the Jedi community that do yeah, it unknowingly. Right. That, yeah. That, but, that's about the only thing I could understand was when she said psychic or energy vampire. That's how I understood it. Right. Yeah. But the people who do it knowingly will enter into a consensual relationship with somebody to do it. Or they'll only they draw on the excess outer aura. Most of your vampires that are trained, like I said, Sanguine Omicron is a good start for that. Anyone who's interested. If you're hearing this and you're like, well, this one sounds like fantasy, but what's the real, fi- real thing? Read the Sanguine Omicron. It's a good read. I've read through most of it. It's not bad. It's not my thing. But the core for a lot of people is they'll feed off the outer aura. But frankly, I get so much more from connecting to the flow itself. I don't know. Maybe if I was in a really big city like New York there'd be enough ambient outer auras to make it worth it for me. But wouldn't there also be more people who are vampires doing it? I don't know. It's not my style, but that's the idea. Is that you don't deep feed on someone without their permission. That's the One idea. Thing I, I did have a chuckle with her where when she says that she's nocturnal, but then they literally show her working a day job. I thought that was yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. It, it sounds like she's more sleep deprived. I mean, I understood what she meant, but it just it just seemed kind of funny the way they. Yeah. Listen, I, the good jobs are during the day for women. That but, is also true. The only other thing I have here of real note: her adopted son makes a note about certain people either connecting with certain elements. And I'll tell you, when, when you meet someone that really is connected to the element of fire, you know because they're over there with their lighter, just all the time playing with it. For him, that was a very spiritual thing having fire on him for a moment. I, oh, get I don't think we really hit on that point, did we? Yeah, yeah, we did on lighting people on fire only lasting a second. The, yeah. the fire's not dangerous. It was more for fun. But for someone like him, it was spiritual. And I think that's what I loved about this group. So I, I've been bashing these people. So let me tell you, I love them. I love them, and here's why. Because they love each other enough to accept each other enough with all these idiosyncrasies. This is a good group. It may not be a group that I would personally fit into completely, but the other side of that is I probably would fit in because as soon as I walked in, they'd be like, oh, you're a, Norse, you're a Norseman, huh, who works with this universal flow. That's cool. 
You're a knight. You're a knight too. Huh? Who am I to judge? You say you're a knight. You're a knight. Yeah, they actually, and they do stuff for their community. They've yeah. said that they do stuff for the community, not just for their little family. And they're uh, open to anybody coming in. And I, I think that's probably what I liked about them the most was their openness. And she does real good towards the end, explaining the vampire community and the different sects of it a little bit. It's towards the very end that she starts explaining that, which is really sad because we needed that explanation at the start. The whole division between human and spirit within a human, I don't disagree with people on it. I'm not saying that, you know, you might not have an elven or fae or dwarven or vampiric spirit. What I am going to say is I wouldn't call you other than a human because in my mind, if you're piloting the bone frame meat mech, that's the way I see the body. It's a bone frame meat mech. If you're in the pilot seat... You're a human now. You've got some of that human essence from having the human experience. But I get where she's coming from. She points out some vampires are bad people. I love that she did that. And that we should be afraid of them. The ones that are bad people yeah. are bad. And I love that she did that because the vampiric community, much like the Jedi community, has some predators in it. These people that are bad, when you do meet up with them or when you do deal with them in certain situations, they can really wreck a person's life. Yep. Or in the vampiric community, they can talk you into doing very dangerous things like maybe doing direct blood feeding where you're not doing it with the syringe where you're actually just opening along the wrist. It happens. It's scary. People people can die. And for yeah, that's, that's, people, that's typically the predator, response to your wrist. When he um, says predator, he doesn't necessarily mean sexual. Predators no, not sexual. I mean emotional. Way. Yeah, yeah. They, they come in all forms. Yeah, yeah. predator. Yeah, a predator is a predator is a predator. They're right. dangerous. I'm, ta- I'm talking wolves in the sheep coop or in the chicken coop. So there are wolves in the chicken coops in all communities. They're dangerous. And I was so glad that someone brought that up, especially in such a mixed community. Mm-hmm. That is so responsible. Okay, so up to this point, you've got this thing where she's waving in my mind. She's Is she a costumer? Is she serious? She believes it, but she is a costumer too. And then... All of a sudden, she does this 180 that makes me like her as a person in the story, and that's her taking this huge jump of responsibility, knowing how it's going to be viewed, knowing that it's already something people are afraid of, to make sure people are safe. And all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? She's a good person. She's a good person, and I'm glad she's part of the vampiric community. And, and just, I just did this 180. Yeah. And that's why I said it's really sad that they just focus more on her fun side. Because they did say she's a elder in her community, or she's considered yeah. an elder in her community. And they, you know, they talk about how she's sweet and kind and how they, she helps give them direction. She's a leader. I mean, the description they yeah. gave was a leader, but they don't give her enough time with that. And that really depressed me. Like, it does come so through, though. She, she, she's clearly a kind, oh, yeah. caring person. You know? And they do look up to her, for sure. And when she talks about the predators, she clearly has been a victim of Stop somebody there. messing with her. Uh, good for her for having the courage to speak to, up. To, I, to, I was so happy to see that because the thing is, like I said, I, a real quick background. I have friends that are in the vampire community. I have loved ones that are in it. I know a lot of good vampires who do aura feeding. I've met some that do the blood feeding, but it's very rare that they do. I've met people that play pretend. I've also met people who are the Vlads and the Draculas. And I shouldn't say that I've met them. They've come to my attention. I've been told, if you enter a room with this person, be wary that they'll try to manipulate you. And I've heard stories of their impressive energy work, at which point usually I stop holding so much back to prove my point. 
which is that I would welcome meeting someone who could potentially mess me up because I'll only get stronger for it. But that is an invitation, everyone, if you're out there. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I would prefer if someone's going to just start throwing curses at me, you let me know so we have a proper war. <laughs> but I don't back down from fights because I know how well protected, protected I am. And as I always tell people, if you're good enough, you shouldn't be afraid. You shouldn't be worried. You shouldn't think someone is going to be able to just dethrone you or knock you out. And if you're not good enough, you need to get better. That all said, it's an invitation only in the strictest sense of I don't back down. Anyone who thinks that a, uh, a simple threat would be enough is wrong. If you no want to enter... No bluff. I don't bluff on that, but at the same time... Oh, well, I'm telling them no bluff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't bluff. Don't worry. When I'm coming at you, you'll know it. But realistically, as well, within this, such individuals that manipulate people energetically pull on the whole, I am the big, dark, scary thing, and I mess with people at the Vampire Ball. I, I would love to meet these people. Uh, I may even be making it to the next Vampire Ball. We'll see. We have plans for it. The next one that got rescheduled to November, so it might fit within our schedule. And if it does, I'll be showing up in all black and red because that's what I wear for those types of events. I have no problem with that. But I do have a problem with people that have gained skill with energy work trying to just walk around intimidating everyone. You will um, awaken dark demonia. No, what, what, you, what you will awaken is Van Helsing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't <laughs> help it. <laughs> I know. And it's Dominus. 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 Sorry. Yeah, Dominus. Dominus. Yes, my Sith name, Darth Dominus. <laughs> But very seriously, all jokes, all bluster aside, I can't stand when people who've got the training misuse it to hurt people that are starting out. If you're one of those people, yeah, that is an open challenge then. Like, to be really clear, if, if what you're saying, Allie, is that if they're using this to hurt people, I'm offering them an open challenge, oh, yeah, just let me know and we'll go around to see how long you last. I have no problem with that because I have a great hatred for bullies, and a psychic bully is still a bully. A bully is a bully. Yep. But there are people like that in the community. There are people that, if you are not as skilled as the three of us are, uh, you walk into a room and all of a sudden it feels off. And back in my early days when I wasn't as skilled, I seen situations like that happen. The guy who taught me could shift the feeling in a room in a very strange way. Just with a, with a shift of his attitude, the room would change. He could make it hard for you to find his house. I was trained by someone who's very good at what they do, but he's very kind in his own way, for all of his idiosyncrasies, uh, for all the bad things I may have ever said about him at different points, he is very kind in his own way. But I've also seen the reverse of that. So I have nothing for those people, and they're out there. And that's the warning that she's giving is, you know, you have people that might cause you physical harm. You have people that might cause you spiritual harm that, are, that think they're Dracula because they're in the vampire community. And they've not met a Van Helsing yet. And I, I can only hope that there are more people out there that speak up on that and that there are more Van Helsings out there, like myself and my, uh, my fellow associates here. But that said, it really turned her story around for me, that she would stand up like that. So now we move to the real hero. We move to the hero of our story, Yvonne. Heroine. 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 I've always used hero as a non-gender for a reason. That's because heroine sounds too much like heroin. Sometimes <laughs> you pronounce it heroin. Well, that's, that's why I don't like it. The heroine, the, the exemplar, the, the titan of, of goodness and rightness and of what should be in this world, 
Yvonne. God, I should be her introduction if she ever decides to get into wrestling. We've already covered her first ritual. What did you guys think when we got to the meeting with her father? That he was accepting, and it was nice that he actually stuck with her through the transition so that he could see it instead of just shunning her out. He reminded me of me. I like that guy, yeah. You know, I even thought that must be what Justin is like with his daughters. And if I'm not like that, I want to be like that. I want to be like yeah. he is. He's a very, he, very good example of father. I, I loved that he stood up for the basic humanity of most witches. And he might be the most awesome, awesome person as a relative to someone in a documentary like this that I've ever seen. And then we move right into the creepy music again on the cleansing ritual. Why are they trying to make the least creepy person look creepy? Good question. Maybe they maybe they messed up and they meant to put the music, they flipped the music segment. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be for the Satanists. But but they, am, I, am I the only one who noticed that? Like that no. music was creepy for those. Yeah. Like every time they did anything wicked, it was a creepy music. I love that she compared spells to prayers and she hit on the focus and the visual visual tools. The prosperity spell. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, that she definitely has ties to the New Age movement. I mean, like mm-hmm. her her spells were very affirmative. They're very in line with what a, a, a person using affirmations would do. Yeah. Uh, usually definitely. they wouldn't. Usually they wouldn't burn the thing afterwards. But the lead up to that was uh, exactly the same. Yeah, I thought it was a very simple spell. But the thing is, she was doing this for people that she knew were going to see a documentary, and therefore she's assuming that they're beginners. So mm-hmm. she used the simplest spell she could for a beginner. It was a very good, strong, sympathetic magic technique that it actually dates back to voodoo, hoodoo, and other practices where you use things like Midas oil and put on a bill and burn it so that money will come to cover that bill. It's something I would recommend for beginners. I've had beginners that come to me and they're like, well, I don't know how to visualize yet. And I don't know how to use energy. Yeah. I've caught myself suggesting a similar spell. Given that she knows that this is going out to a world of beginners... Yeah. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. I was Visual- impressed. V- visualization is almost probably it's probably the hardest uh, thing to master in any energy practice or any kind of magical practice for most people. It was very hard for me to to do it, and literally burning the thing help, does help with that. You know, yeah, like it was a very how many times effect. for us beginners do we stare at candles for hours until we learn how to see a candle without a candle? You know, like just yeah. as an example. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wasn't big on the use of the law of abundance as a law, but I get where she was coming from. I'm not going to argue her traditions or her methods. For me, eh, I would have I done it through a god or goddess or something something like the, the law, even the law of, of attraction from the hermetic principles would have been a good one, but it was fine. I love that she mentioned that you're creating space for something else mm-hmm. to come in. That's mm-hmm. a great part of the psychology of magic. People get into this point where they don't let change happen. Mm-hmm. The jealousy spell, really very silly looking and very hokey looking. I got, for getting rid of her own, her own jealousy, she drew this picture and tied the string on it. It's but not just any string. It had to be a, gr- a, a green string of the green color that you hate. Yep, the most ugly green that you can find. So here's the thing. It's not my favorite. It's a little hokey, even compared to the Czech one. But the other side of it, it's not bad, and it's still following the principles of sympathetic magic. And for a beginner, I've told people to do the same thing with, or something similar with a seal. 
I've told people, make a seal that represents your jealousy, cut it up into pieces and burn it. How is that mm -hmm. that much different from the string? It's different. And I loved that she took her time with cutting the string really slowly to mm -hmm. represent that time taking longer to and make also, it. And also, talking about what you're supposed to repeat as, as you're doing it. Yeah. yeah. It, makes, it gives you a focus just like a mantra or a chant. Her part of this show is going to seem so much shorter. She did so much so well, and it's easier to talk about what is wrong than what is right, because once something's right, you point it and say, go do this. When something is wrong, you've got to really hit on why it's wrong in order for it to be understood, but she just hit on so much right. As her story continues, uh, we, t we move to her friends and her home, and they're talking about how her one friend dropped a kitten in front of a neighbor, and the next thing they knew, they had crosses thrown at the front door, and mm -hmm. her kids were excluded from playing with others. Right. And how, how they weren't allowed to practice Samhain because okay, okay, the Samhain holiday. Okay, the sense to me. Like, that, that whole segment made sense, but let's just go back just a little bit. What I was missing was why did everybody freak out that she dropped a cat? Because they thought she was going to be, she was being violent or cruel to it. It doesn't, but it just... This idea dropped. that witches are evil. It's just a drop. It's not a... Which is ironic because there is a clear departure between the Wiccan and the Satanist. The Wiccan solution to all that, what was it? To educate the people against her. That was like, that was their solution was we need to educate them better. The Satanist is like, I hope they die! <laughs> <laughs> that is the most emotional outburst I have heard from Justin in a very long time. And, and the Wiccan is like, look, we need to just sit them down and help them understand what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. and, the Satanist, and the Satanist was like, we're going to sit them down and we're going to help them understand how sharp the sword is. Yeah. It's yeah. actually a dagger, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, so that, that was just kind of the thing. Is like I'm still trying to just figure out. It wasn't like she slammed the cat on yeah. the ground. The kitten fell. There's a you can see the difference. So that just tells you how much fear and ridiculousness that went on in this neighborhood. And I feel so sorry for her. Which is strange. Well, Orange County is kind of conservative. Well, I would expect this kind of behavior maybe. In a different part of the south, southern United States, not like so much where California. Like me and me and Charles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which was which was kind of strange to me. Uh, I mean, I grew up in California. I grew up in a, a, a conservative part where this that would take place. So maybe Orange County is more conservative than I thought it was. And for someone, I'm not saying that the school should have every kid all for it, but they. But if you're Jewish, you have Jewish holidays all. So if you're pagan, you should get those holidays off, and you shouldn't have to fight with the school board on it. The fact that she was going to champion for her friends, like, send them my way. And, like, she's serious. She's like, yeah. I will educate. I was, that was so yeah. awesome. Yeah. I would, yeah, and I love that. Like, just in general, I have seen that in the pagan community. There is, like, let's say, uh, actually, I'll tell you a story. A friend of mine got banned from a church, Okay. And I went and I confronted the person at the church about it. And I asked, did you even ask God about the situation? And the guy said, no, I didn't pray to God about it. I just did it. So I went back and I was talking to my friend who was pagan at the time, very wicked. Like we're talking, she was the kind of person who she sent me a her favorite and lucky tarot card through the mail to my basic training. That's the kind of person that she was. And she was like, which church was it? I will go with her with my pendant and tell him 
off. <laughs> and this was like, she was in high school still. She was, uh, she was barely a senior at the time. Uh, I was out of school. You know, we were still talking. And she was just curious <laughs> over this. I've seen this, not just with her, but like almost every pagan leader, like somebody who has a, a leadership quality in the pagan community, they are always willing to champion the religious aspect of things. And we're talking, she was going to go to a Christian church and tell them off for not paying attention to their God and listen and just even asking. Like, even if God told you the same answer, you should at least ask. It's just, I, I really love that about the, the pagan community. When you have real leaders, you can tell because they are willing to champion. And it's just something that's ingrained in them in a way that you don't see in other things. Well, when you, you have to spend all day explaining who you are every single day, you get good at it, and you get oh, used fair. to it. I used to be real good at that for the Jedi. Uh, it used to be one of my special skills that I could explain what Jedi was in five in five words or less. You know, after that, we see her at the at the uh, wiki shop. I love those places. I love the fact that they include that as part of her life, because mm -hmm. that's often the social center for a lot of witches and pagans and practitioners. They have the um, coolest stuff at those shops, dude. Don't they? Yeah, I'm not a Wiccan. Yeah. I love those shops, though. <laughs> and I, I love that they made a note that witches were considered healers, physicians, and counselors. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, yep, never forget it. That those are the those are the primary job descriptions. The woman at the shop draws her pentagram wrong. She's pointing the elements out as if she's drawing it, and she puts them in the wrong order. And if you want to know how much of a precisionist I am. I didn't know the order off the top of my head, but I knew it was wrong because the way they angled from point to point, and I had to go look it up because I had just done an elemental pentagram recently, so it was still fresh enough to know that it was off, but not fresh enough to be sure that I was right on the order. And I couldn't find one that uses that, but I can let it slide because the woman at the shop may not be as much of a practitioner, or she may have just been nervous for the camera. She did have it well, pointed towards well, she was trying to do it instead of looking yeah. at it. Yeah, I mean, she 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 was quickly trying to be different from because she was like, "This is how Satanists or this is how this is how devil worshippers draw it, and this is how we do it." Yeah, so yeah. I, so she I, was trying to she was trying to distance quickly distance the Wiccan from the typical belief that they're devil worshippers or whatever. I wonder if she knew that they were going to have a Satanist on the show. When I doubt it. it. I don't I know. Doubt it. It. Yeah, it it created an awesome contrast. It did. That moves us up to the spring equinox ritual. They said shade, which was the guy's uh, practicing name, I believe, was the priest for the day. All faiths and cultures are welcome. I love that. I love when rituals allow everyone to sit in. I get that some practices and some practitioners don't. You're allowed to not do that. I'm allowed to not like you for it. See how yeah. that works. Yeah, um, it's weird. Yeah. Right. Uh, reverence for women as a focus for their temple. I noted that. That's a good thing for what they're doing with it. And this is standard for goddess practices. So a lot of people that are very used to very male-dominated religions and practices may not be familiar with that. I wanted to note this is standard. Good ritual table setup. I love the way they set up the ritual table. It was an excellent elemental table setup. Good cleansing method. Much more advanced working from her previous methods. You got to see a lot more of it. It was a decent ritual to use. I'm actually somewhat familiar with it. I don't have it memorized, but I'm familiar with it from experience, or at least a variation of it. 
good quarter explanation, good explanation of what the quarters are, good explanation and use of coloring them. All in all, not bad. I'm definitely seeing the full intensity from everyone this time, and that may have been because they had a bigger group this time. It may have been because they were further along in the working, and they got their footing. You know, the opening part of any group ritual always is a little shaky. Much better than before. You can tell when it's a bigger ritual. I think I the, they were you in a... They, they rehearsed it more. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, and they like, were also in the temple this time versus... They were in that big temple versus being in a house or whatever, backyard or whatever. I can't remember where the first one was, but... I can't yeah. remember where the first one was either. Yeah. But it definitely wasn't in that temple. That temple was kind of cool, too. That temple was awesome. So I love the eggs as a symbol of spring. Very well done. I think I actually started clapping the first time I seen that. That was really great. Great symbolism. It really was. Actually explaining how they explained what it was that you were doing with it. Because these were hard-boiled eggs, guys. Hard-boiled eggs, and then they drew, they drew something that they want to manifest, I think. Yeah. Yep. yep. And then they cracked the egg open and they ate it showing that they were absorbing that wish into their body so that it could be manifest later, just like mm -hmm. you would as a birthing kind of ritual. And it was really well done on the symbolism. I sat there, and the reason why I think that, you know, maybe maybe other people who, maybe a Satanist would more identify with a Satanist, maybe a vampire would more identify with vampire. We all more identify with the pagan in the group, the wicked in the group, but I think that might, realistically, it might be because we have that background in some way. Uh, I don't. Actually, I have a closer connection to the Satanist in terms of background or even the vampire. Yeah, in terms of life experiences, things I've done, who I've been. What it is is that the Wiccan was taking everything she did seriously, mm -hmm. and she mm -hmm. was not self-contradictory in her actions. Whereas both the Satanist and the Vampire were a little self-contradictory at points, or it seemed a little playful, and yeah. I get that. I, I won't name names, but I know people from the Vampire community that I had to take a look at this, and they were kind of like, well, it's not the worst representation I've seen of, of my, <laughs> my traditions, but okay. it's not the best. Okay, uh, but I stand corrected. It has nothing to do with that. It's, I mean, you had somebody else look? Okay, yeah. that's fine. That's fair. So I stand corrected. Yeah, I thought well, that I, maybe I, that was it, but I guess I not. think the Wiccan practice is probably more of a, a general pagan practice versus being a vampire or a, a yeah. Satanist. The, the pagan traditions were are probably older than a vampire tradition, and certainly a Satan sat, Satanist transition uh, uh, traditions tradition. Yeah. yeah. If I ever wanted to learn Wiccan, I would hope to find someone like her. Yeah. Likewise. She, she's a great leader. She's a, it's no wonder that she is the priestess for the next four years or whatever. She's like one year into her four year. She's very good at it. Yeah. Yeah, and that she's very good at it. Explain some of it. Yeah. yeah she, you earlier you were talking about how it seemed like she wasn't completely in. She wasn't completely there with it, and that actually explains some of it because she's still coming into her own to be a priestess. Yeah, yeah I mean this is only year one of her training. Yeah, yeah, she's really the good. The training is all hands-on, so I, I love that. At the end, she admits her faults as a person, yep. and I love that she did that. This is why, Yvonne, if you ever watch this, you're a hero. There's another point I want to hit on. The yep. four years. Yep. People, I want to tell you right now, this is dedication. A yep. lot of you people in the Jedi community, yes, I'm targeting y'all. 
not, not my two guys here. I'm targeting y'all. You want a fast knighthood. I want you to look at this girl. She is becoming a, she's learning how to become a high priestess. And you don't really just get priests. Like, you are in training. That's your knighthood at high priestess. And then you can become master level later by adding to and whatnot and getting reputation in the pagan community, not just in your in your little group. And then you'll become recognized as a higher high priestess. But you become a mother four, of a tradition. Yeah. yeah. Four years, people. And y'all want to talk about how you can't get it in six months. Dedication. Yeah. Here's Dedication. a little fun Here's a little fun fact. I didn't let Derek make me a knight for like almost four years. I didn't even I didn't even want an apprenticeship until like I was in the community for five years by the time. No, 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 no. I was in the community for six years by the time that I got my apprenticeship. And then about a year later, I got knighthood. But by then, I had had so much experience and I had done so much in the Jedi community where I was training basically already that... Mm -hmm it took another year to, to round out the edges. Then it took me a while to get the master. Oh, I'm still so, rounding out my edges, man, even to this yeah. day, 20 well, years later. Yeah, and you always are. But mm -hmm. my point is, like, just to get to knighthood where right, you're like, okay, right. you're enough that you can actually carry this on your own and you can learn stuff and then you can, be, you can gauge me as a peer kind of thing. Right. That took years, years, and a deployment to Iraq. <laughs> But that's what did my you guys? Point. What did you guys think about about her transition from being a Buddhist to a Wiccan? That's a very natural transition. Actually. It is right. Yeah, it, it is. is. It is. I didn't There's a lot of ritual in Buddhism that people don't realize. There's a lot yeah, of there is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People think that Buddhists are just meditating all the time. There's a lot of ritual involved. It's not yeah. just ritual either. There's a lot of spirituality that goes in. There I is, had a, yeah. We had a guy. He was military police. And he was a monk before he became, like a monk in Asia. And I don't remember which one. I want to say it was Laos. He was a Buddhist monk in Laos before he came to America and became military police. He was targeted by the spirit. Like, I didn't realize there was this connection between Buddhists and the spirit until I met him. And before anybody says anything, well, before Charles says anything, I had not been exposed to the Buddhist aspects in anime to know this. I didn't really understand Moroku because I wasn't really into Inuyasha at the time, but after meeting him, I, I started seeing it in the anime. No, he was targeted by spirits everywhere he went because he had, and it was backlash for leaving the Buddhist tradition behind, or be, leaving the monastery behind. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I didn't believe him either at first. Until one night, when I was walking by his chew, which is a compact housing unit when we were in Iraq, and I heard him screaming, and then I, uh, you know, knocked on the door, and he woke up. And I was like, what the hell? Like, everybody else had known that this was a thing that was going on with him, and they just thought, like, it was PTSD or something like that. But then he explained it to me, and I was like, wow, really? So there's, like, this whole tradition there that you might think you're Buddhist, a lot of Americans might think that they're Buddhist. That's a, it's a very watered-down version, not, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. might really not yeah. be. I'm not judging. Yeah, I'm not saying that you well, are not. Like, I'm just, saying that Buddhist if you don't know about of, this, you're missing Buddhist, out on this whole world that can help right. you. Right, and see, learn. Buddhist has a whole collection of other things with it. So you have Buddhist Taoists, 
-hmm. And then you have philosophical Buddhists. You have Zen Buddhists, which pull from the Taoist traditions. There's a whole lot more to it. And if there's anything with the word Taoist in it or they pull from the Taoist ideas, Taoism is not just, well, we read the Tao and we follow it. It's all of these practices that just got picked up that range everything from luck spells to yep. banishings to all of these other things. I would love to learn more about it, but the more I dig, the more I realize is there's a lot of white people who made a lot of money printing a lot of stuff that wasn't 100% accurate. I don't have a good resource to learn anything that I would consider reasonably accurate, and I don't want to step on a living tradition and be the next white guy saying, oh, this is the way it's done, because I know that once I learn to do it my way without thinking, I'll say, oh, this is the way it's done. Right. So I avoid that, but I pull from certain ideas of it. That's a topic for another time. They, they do yeah. talismans very similar to how I do runes. Just remember, exorcism is much older than the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah. Much yeah. older. And it has started somewhere. <laughs> so with Yvonne, she also mentions she's a sci-fi geek. And the only thing I could think was, can we can we get her to, to visit our community? Like, can can someone find this woman and be like, the Jedi would love to meet you? If not all of them, then us three from the community would love to meet you. I would love to meet her. And she, like... she seems so awesome. She seems like what every high priestess should be. Mm-hmm. And I want to see, I want to know how her training went. I want to know what she's doing now. If she's had pitfalls, I want to know how she's overcoming them or what, where she went after this. She had the most human, the most true, the most real of all of them. And that's why I saved her for last so we could go out on that note. When we, we could, if you, if, you know, from the start, they ended her with her too. Yeah, they did. When we, when we started, we didn't have our format quite set. So we kind of jumped for a minute, but honestly, ending on her with all that she did, she really represented paganism, occult practices, spirituality in the most holistic, to borrow your word, Allie, the most holistic way. I did not dislike anyone, let me say this, as much as I thought I did. So when I first watched it, I said, yep, yep, I'm going to tear that vampire lady in half when I when we get on there. I'm, I'm going to come in, I'm going to be there with two crossbows and be like, yes, they call me Van Helsing, you know, and I'm going to gun for her. And then towards the end of hers, I was like, here's someone who's putting it out there for her community to to deal with the predators, be they psychic, be they influential, be they people that just trick you into things. And I had to give her props with the Satanist. I thought for sure I was going to go in there. I was going to be like, I'm going to show her a holy order. When this is done, everyone's going to think I'm Catholic. But by the end of it, I seen a troubled person dealing with troubled times, trying to make her way hasn't fully found herself. And I think that needs to be something that is recognized as valid and useful. And Yvonne, from start to finish, if you ever, if you ever hear this, you are our hero. You're the heroine of this entire film. You presented paganry. Well, you presented Wicca. Well, and I'm not the biggest fan. She of represented, Wicca. She, she represented good people. Well, like she yes, just, she she's is. good people. She, she's good people. She is what I would hope to see more of in the world. Final thoughts, my panel, my friends. Yvonne was my favorite, um, of course, as you probably figured out. Uh, my least favorite was Heather, simply because she doesn't understand how responsibility works. 
that kind of irritated me. I, I didn't have a problem with anybody's particular path or, or practices. Just because they're not mine doesn't mean they're bad. I didn't understand the vampire thing. I still don't. I did like how took on responsibility of taking care of those that she that she holds dear. I don't have any judgments against any of them, really, other than uh, if you're going to curse people, take just own it. <laughs> I, mean, I like that. I, that, was I got, my biggest, that was my biggest problem. If you're going to do it, own it. At least be honest about it. I, I got a question for you, and I don't want to lose that question, so I'm just going to ask it on there. Do we still have Charles versus Dracula? Yes. Honestly, if you want to understand the vampire thing more, go listen to that. And as funny as the comedy is in it, I actually pick out the differences between the fake and the real. It, it's a good primer for anyone who's looking into vampirism, even though it, it rips a new one. But I just wanted to toss it out there as an old episode. It really hit on that. Yeah, it's part of our back catalog. But yeah, she personal responsibility. I just, was, you know, and, 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 and of course, I mean, I, you know, I mean, if you know anything about me, I, I'm all about that. I've been saying I've been I've been saying it for a really long time now. So she needs to learn to be more harmonious in her life. Remember, people, magic doesn't kill people. Crazy satanic witches with magic kill people. I I had to make the joke. So my final thoughts on this was that the person who did the director of this little episode is an episode. Can you please come out and do it one for the Jedi community? Because yes. that was super respectful. I really enjoyed it. I really wish that somebody with this much respect could come into my community and do a documentary. This was a well done documentary. In spite of all the flaws, they showed, they, they didn't highlight the flaws. They highlighted that these are real people. And God, I was so thankful for that. No drama. I mean, yeah, sure, Heather had a little drama, but I mean, it wasn't extreme drama. Come to my community. We need you. Yeah. That was that, and that is what I thought from that. I liked all of them as stories to highlight just these are real people, and I think that more people need to understand that about different groups that you don't understand. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I couldn't help but thinking something very similar. Again, as you said, I was in a documentary, and if you've watched the show, if you've listened to me talk, if you know me, I am not a drill sergeant who walks around yelling at people 24-7 and then, like, slams people into corners and being like, tell me what I want to know. I'm not, I'm not Batman. I don't gargle marbles when I talk. If you're looking to get murdered. Yeah, if you're looking to get murdered, get down here. That's not what he said, but I swear no. that's what I heard. You know, to see the contrast in a documentary on something that I know so much about and know the type of people involved versus to have been in a documentary where I know that the combined total amount of footage that was shot was over 1,000 hours total. Like, it was an insane amount <laughs> of video that was shot for the, the American Jedi one, and you seen what pieces got used because they were trying to make a narrative that they thought was interesting as well as informative. And honestly, when you're in the middle of these communities, if the narrative is more interesting than it is informative, it really hurts. So I love the fact that this was very informative. I felt like it might have been a little more focusing on interesting aspects here and there, but I also suspect maybe there were some things that were said by Vampira or by Heather that 
like that they went to the camera guy after and said, look, could we not? That's too personal. Or this covers something that I don't want people to, I don't want them to be afraid of this because of what I just said. Yeah. And I could very much see that being a whole lot of information we didn't get to be more respectful and honest. And sometimes to be honest means not having the information there in a way that it'll be taken wrong. The last statement on this is, let's give it let's give it a star rating out of five stars. Justin. I'll give it a three. Three out of five. Allie? Five. Five? I give it I give it a four and a half. Except except this. If it's for Yvonne's part, I think we all want to give it five. Can, can we get five for Yvonne? Five. Yes. Five? Five. All right. Excellent. The, the five Six? Ten. Ten? Ten out of five. I'll take it. <laughs> Ten out of five stars for Yvonne. If you don't watch this video for anything else after you've heard our review, watch it for her part because it just is a great introduction to Wicca, to paganism. I thought this was great. How do we want to end this show off? I'm terrible at this for groups because I've never done this. My last group one was me and one other person. I'm scared. Allie, help me. Everyone, thank you for joining us, and we hope that you awaken the night within.